<laughs> are you looking at yourself or live? me? Yeah, we're live. Are we live? Yes, we're live. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't know we were live. I was like, why are you staring at me? But, um, point, 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 Essiana Core, you know what it is. I'm announced to who? To you. To you, honey. We're back. Episode we're back. two. Episode two, how are you? I'm Maddie. I'm Ty. And we are twins. Absolutely. Physically, mentally, spiritually, and bodies. Get into it. Yeah. Because she's getting thick. Because twin has a butt now. <laughs> Absolutely. A little one, yes. Yes, God, you done ate some food, honey. Got that body right. <laughs> so, um, y'all already know. We're we here. And for our second episode, we decided that we wanted to do a two-part series. Absolutely. And for this series, part one, I'm going to be interviewing Twin. Absolutely. My name is Ty. Tyrell Javar Simpson, born 1999, August the 3rd at 3.07 a.m. And this is my interview, bitches. Tap in. And for part two, Twin will be attacking me and going for my neck. <laughs> <laughs> or in other words, as you straight say, interviewing her about her life. <laughs> <laughs> as the straights would say. As the straights would say. But come on, I'm ready. I am ready. Because I'm going to tell everything. Unscripted, unleashed. All right. Well, first of all, I think before we really get into it, I need to know or they need to know, where are you at? What are you doing? What does your life look like right now? Who are you in this moment? And from then, I want to know what brought you to this point and how did you get there? Okay, so I am 22. Um, I am a dropout of ECU, East Carolina University two-year dance major there um now i'm in new york city working teaching public schools how to dance um allegedly because these <laughs> kids can't but you know i'm here to help and i am about to embark on a intensive with the candace brown for three days and so you know networking put myself out there as a professional dancer how I got here, honey, it was, it was a moment. <laughs> we bounced, we bounced around for a minute and um, we started in Greenville, North Carolina. Let's just say that. That's where everything started. And that's how I got here. Like Greenville, North Carolina is the reason why I am the person that I am today. And it's the reason why I have the confidence that I do and why I have the drive that I do, and why I have the talent that I do. Because Greenville has some actually talented ass bitches, it's just none of them usually make it out. And so, would you say in spite of Greenville, this is who you are, or because of Greenville? Because of Greenville, like in spite of Greenville, I had to be there with roaches, but <laughs> it still created me. Like I gotta give props due where it's due because a bad bitch was there and a bad bitch did what bad bitch is supposed to do bad bitch did. so i you know i completely tapped that ass and everybody's in greenville's um and made it out 
Okay. And so you're a dancer. Let's get mm-hmm. into that. When did you find your love of dance? Um, I found When did you figure out you were a dancer? Probably. You said what? When did you figure out you were a dancer? Oh, when I was like two, like, word to mommy, like, I literally <laughs> used to like see pictures of me like at the age of two, which I really like don't remember, but there were pictures of me at the age of two, like in my mom's like scrapbook of my life. And um, I was dancing with like a red pogo stick. And I was like in my bag every single day. Like I was looking cute, putting bitches on mute and swinging at stick down boots. And then I realized that mentally when I was like four years old, because that's when I ended my first ever talent show. It was at Wintergreen Primary. Um, I was singing a song by Mario. <laughs> um it was like, baby, I just don't get it. Let You're me love you. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I know. I, we smell the perfume, the makeup, the makeup on, on the, the shirt. shirt. Absolutely. That's a bomb. Um, my mom choreographed it. Um, she choreographed my dance, and I sang. She told me not to, but I still sang. But she choreographed the dance. Um, <laughs> At four years it, old, it, your mom was like, nah, you should just dance. Don't sing. <laughs> something to that <laughs> my family has always been honest like we're black <laughs> That's what it's gonna get. she said honey you can do it but just not all the way yeah she said you're talented but in this but um so she choreographed that talent show i did a surprise impromptu un choreographed unthought of middle split because there was water on the floor of the stage and I remember I stepped to the side when I was singing the last note and my legs slipped out. And my legs slipped out like I just like fell. But when I fell, I fell to the middle and I fell inside the middle split. And I looked at my mom because I was like, uh, like, what is this? And she looked at me and she's like, put your hands up. And I put my hands up and everybody went crazy. And <laughs> <laughs> that's when I knew I could do a middle split. And that's when that became kind of like my signature in all my dances. So from like age four to like seven, my mom choreographed all my talent shows. I started choreographing my own at like age nine. And then I started really eating bitches up. But I remember one time when I was like six, I did a talent show where I just sang and I got second place. And my mom was like, I told you. So <laughs> she was right. But when you, okay, yeah, let's go to middle school then. Because that was a big part of your life. That's where yes. a lot of things changed. Uh, fifth grade? No, I would say fourth grade through. Eighth, that was very monumental in who I am today as a person because I am a rape survivor, not a rape victim. Um, I think everybody who's been through rape, I consider them survivors, not victims, because we made it out. Like, we, we survived it, and we're here to tell our stories. So we're survivors. We're not victims of anything. We were taken advantage of, yes, and we were... Things were done to us that shouldn't have been, but victims is not in our characteristics. Like, I feel like we're all survivors because if we're able to tell our story, like, you hoes could never, like, people who don't go, I feel like people who don't go through trauma, it's something about them that just don't hit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying that you gotta be like, like me and be a rape victim, but it's like, if you don't go through something in your childhood that traumatically went into your adulthood it's like you haven't really lived because it's like 
you have to understand the world is not perfect and life happens. And that really does either like make or break you, yes, but also it gives you a good amount of like backbone and a good amount of like reality. Because you understand that in some in some situations that you do have to depend on yourself and like you are here on this earth by yourself. Like even though you have family, you are the only person that has to wake up with you every single day. So I just feel like mm -hmm. if you don't go through stuff, like no shade of people who have, you know, not been through nothing crazy and bad in life and they're good people. But it's just like, I don't know. All the people that I know have been through, you know, things in their life and they are like the most amazing people. I mean, so every I woman I know has been sexually assaulted in some way, shape or form. So exactly. It's just like you have more substance when you go through something in your life. I don't know. Um, but that's just me being extra to being a Leo and being black and gay and all the things. But um, yes, so middle school, um, fourth grade, I had a teacher. Her name was Miss Malaley. And we were, I think this is when the story of my rape stuff became public to the world. This is when like people who knew me knew about it. It was in fourth grade. My teacher, Miss Malaley, remember it like it was yesterday. She was like, it was recess. And I was the only one who didn't go outside because I was, like, not in it mentally. And that was the day that I had just got raped. Like, I had got raped that, like, early, like, midday morning. And it was, like, by my best friend slash next-door neighbor. Still lives across my mom's house in Greenville to this day. Um, his name was Raekwon. For all you people in Greenville who know, you know. Um, his name was Raekwon. And that was one of three of my offenders. I was raped by him, my cousin, who actually has the same name, who actually has the same name as me. His name is Tyrell too, except for his name is spelled different. It's spelled basic. It's spelled T Y R E L L. My name is spelled T Y R E E L, original. But my cousin Tyrell and also another cousin of mine, and what was his name? I want to say it was Quan or something like I didn't really like that was a cousin that I really wasn't really close to like that. Like that was a cousin that like kind of, you know, like how you have family reunions and you see people and then be like, oh, like, let my son, you know, like and then like you see like cousins that you used to play with, like every family reunion and then you get along with them and then you ask your like auntie that's like and be like, oh, can I stay with them? And she's like, well, yeah, like they stay across town. We can stay it was that it was that kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. It was like the aunt with my first person which was Quan, like i started getting raped at like the age of like probably five or six and it was at first my next door neighbor but we were around the same age so at first i didn't really know or understand what i was going through because i was like well he's only three years older than me so like what is he doing to me like you know what i'm saying like it hurts and i don't want it to happen but it's like he's my friend so in my head i was like that was my first ever friend so people don't know this like that was my first ever friend so when people be like, oh, why couldn't you, like, come out and, like, tell people that you would get in touch by him if that was your best friend? It was like, I thought that's what friendship was. Yeah, I mean, you don't know any different at that age. But when my cousin started doing that was, like, when he was, like, because Raekwon was, like, nine or eight when it started happening. So I was, like, probably, like, what, five or six? Yeah, like, I was around that age. Yeah. So then... When it started happening with my other um, friend, no, not my other friend, when it happened to my cousin, Tyrell, when he started doing it, and he was actually 16, and I was like six, I knew that something was wrong. Yeah. When he started doing that to me, I was like, this 
doesn't feel this does this doesn't even like seem correct because we're family so like why are you doing this like like you're supposed to like me regardless like why do i have to do this for you to heck like you know like like me and say that you love me and care about me like like i don't want this like please stop like that's when i actually started like actually physically feeling it because like no not to be too tmi but when you're like 10 years old and you're like offending somebody who's like six or seven like no shade, but you're not fully developed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're not like, it's not like, just to be real with y'all, it's not a big, it's not big. But when you're somebody who is like 16, no matter what your like size is to a body that is like five or six, it's that's going to, yeah, that's going to be really traumatic. So it, it was mentally more crucial for me. And then with the other cousin, he was also, Quan, he was also 16 when he started offending me when I was six or seven. And this happened for years. All the way up until Raekwon was like 13, 14, all the way up to Tyrell was like 17, 18, and all the way up to Quan was like 17, because that didn't happen for more than a year, because I actually like told on him in a way that didn't really tell on him. Like, I was like, oh, Quan, like, he like hurt my penis, like, he like bit me. And then like, Quan tried to finesse a lie, but my mom was like, oh like okay like i'm gonna just keep you from him so my mom did like no shade to her but she didn't really like press charges with that situation and with the whole tyrell thing that was my cousin so it was like that was really close family and so Quan wasn't really like inside the circle you know as far as family ties but tyrell was because his sister is my favorite like cousin my favorite like person i'm closest with her name is alicia and she's like an aunt to me and, you know, even though she's my cousin, like, I see her as, like, uh -uh, like I love her so much. You know what I'm saying? So, me having that relationship with her and also knowing that her brother, her little brother was offending me, it was scary for me to talk about or tell her or tell anybody. Yeah. And then Raquan being my best friend, now going on to, like, three, four years of it happening and we're reaching, like, near teenage years, I'm like, okay, I'm in pain all the time. I'm bleeding. I am exhausted mentally and physically because this is friendship. I don't want it. Mm -hmm. And at the time when I was in fourth grade, that's when I was vocal about it. But just because I was vocal about it doesn't mean it stopped. It just kind of slowed down. Because the gag is like when I did that first case with Raekwon, unfortunately, I was delusional and I still in my head would try to hang out with him while we were going through that case and it was because i was so confused like in my head i was like this person is offending me but also this person is the only person that actually talks to me because i was bullied a lot and he took advantage of that moment to know that nobody was my friend nobody wanted to really mess with me in grade school because everybody knew i was gay before me yeah they knew you were different yeah so it just was like really crucial for me in that time when I was in fourth grade and I broke down and told the teacher, Ms. Mullaley, she told a counselor, then we went to court and basically they said that Raquan was guilty, but not guilty because of the times that it happened, he was never fully erect. So basically the judge said he was guilty, the juror said he was innocent. So it was like a hang situation. So basically what ended up happening was he wasn't charged with anything, but he had to, he had to, he was like legally demanded um, therapy. Like he had to do therapy. Like that was his like punishment. And my judge 
she was this white old woman. She pulled me out of the court and was like, I know that what he did, he should get more time for. He should actually be charged for because he knew exactly what he was doing. I'm sorry that the justice system failed you, but I don't want to fail you. Can I give you legal permission to move schools and be out of his district until he leaves the school you're intended to go to so you can have that time to have mental stability? And I said, of course. And that, like, 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 honestly, like, that moment for me, I was so shook because that was the first time I really saw an older white person treat me with, like, that much respect. And care. And care. And the fact that she made that happen, that's where CMS came into play for sixth grade. I went to CMS. And that's when, around sixth grade and seventh grade, that's when I started to be brave enough to talk about the Tyrell situation. But as I was talking about the Tyrell situation, he had already been to jail. So it kind of was like a escape moment for me where I was able to talk about my rape situation with Tyrell and be brave enough to do it because he actually was already locked up for something. And I felt brave enough that he couldn't hurt me or touch me or get near me because he was close ties. He knew where I stayed. He knew how to get to me. So him being in jail kind of like made me feel brave enough to kind of tell my story about that. And when I finally told my um, cousin, Alicia, she cried because she felt actually guilty that she, that I never made her feel comfortable enough that I would want to open up to her, but it was the complete opposite. It was because I loved her so much that I didn't want to open you up. You were so comfortable with her that you didn't want to share that part of you, your yeah. life. And all those years that that was happening, I was like really low mental, you know, really low mental stability. And that's kind of where dance came in. It kind of became my escape. Because mm. through therapy that I got at Teddy Bear, thank you, Teddy Bear. Love y'all. In Greenville, North Carolina, they're for rape victims. Um, if you guys know anybody in Greenville, North Carolina, that's, you know, a minor going through it, please send them the teddy bear. It's an amazing program. Um, I met Wendy, my therapist, and she kind of helped me guide where my, my mental breakdowns could explore to other than just crying. And she was like, is there something that you like to do that, like, makes you feel like you're free and it feels like escape? And I was like, dance. And she was like, dig into that. Look into that and see where that can take you. And honestly, I never, you know, growing up in North Carolina, especially Greenville, small town, you know this personally. We The arts isn't taken serious. Nobody thinks that you can be anything artistic. Like yeah. people there either are lawyers, nurses, or nurses. Like, or teachers. Like, wait, wait, or like dentists. Like it's like you do medical stuff in Greenville. Like it's all, it's like an old white folks town. So you go to so, CMEPS. And then mm -hmm. you go to Hope, mm -hmm. you're digging into dance, you're using it as a way to express yourself and kind of escape from this hell that you've been living in. Yeah. And... Um, that's where I met you, um, honestly. Because, um, okay, so, back to story. You know, I cheered in middle school, came back with a vengeance freshman year of high school, got my body right, sophomore year, did the dance program. The dance program that we had was set up into, like, things where it was, like, beginners, intermediate, and then advanced. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if you're a freshman, you um, 
you had to be in the beginner, but you know, me second semester, she got into intermediate because she was that girl. But me and you, our communication was always in and out. Like in the beginning, like I think freshman year, sophomore year, it was really in and out. Like I would see you say hello, maybe speak, but like we weren't like kikiing on the regular. Junior year is when me and you really, because we had danced together. And that's when it really started to take a turn for the different. That's when it really started to like become an intertwining type of situation where I was like, this girl is cool. I like her. I'm vibing with her. She's T. And I remember us hanging out in public together for the first time. And I was like, whoa, this bitch is me. When did we hang out for the first time? Because I don't remember that. But you know I don't we have hung a out memory. With we hung out with Nicole Watkins. Oh, because I was probably hanging out with Andrew. Andrew. Yes, I was Nicole with Watkins Andrew. Place. You're with Nicole. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, we blazed, obviously. And um, I just remember us being weak. And I was like, this girl is hilarious. Like, but like, it wasn't like, it still was that vibe of like, we know each other, but it's still not like a signature thing until second semester when me and you actually started legit legit defining our friendship and actually key can because that's when me and christine started to link and realizing how alike we were exactly i started dancing um you and christine and a lot of other people started like pushing me being like whoa tyler you really can dance like you need to take this serious and that's when my dance mother love her down miss williams was like we're gonna get you into ecu we're gonna get you into the dance program and I was like, okay. And I remember um, when, before that process happened, when me and your connection started getting real was when we first hung out around your mom. My senior year, when you um, were outside of college. Or were you taking a break or were you in college? I wasn't. Year? I wasn't in classes. I took a break a couple years after high school. Yeah. So that's when um, I remember hanging around your mom. And your mom actually was the one that honestly low-key like tapped into the twin moment because she said that we looked alike when she first like met me. And well, she said she remembered me from school, but she told me, she was like, y'all look alike too. <laughs> Shout out to like, Mama Theus. I'm like, the fact that your mom that pushed you out of her badge said that I look like you, I was like, what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? Twins. What are you saying? And which, and I feel like the whole twin thing, that kind of progressed. People just assumed we were twins. Like, we didn't put that on ourselves. Like, people put that on us, and we kind of grew into it. Yeah, definitely. And then we just called it to be like, oh, yeah, we're twins. Like, at this point, like, yeah, like, we're twins. And then it kind of, like, sealed, grew, and then, like, specified, and then, like, came a bond that nobody could ever think it would. Yeah. And now it's like, to this day, you couldn't tell me that, like, we didn't come out the same time. You but anyway, back to me. Back to you. So you go through high school. Miss Williams is like, boom, you're getting into the dance program. I see potential in you. You yeah. do dance all through high school, and it comes time to apply for college, and you apply to ECU's dance program. Yep, only applied to one school. That was ECU dance program. Made it. Boom. Get in there. Um, that's when me and you, um, first semester, freshman year, we kind of like, Kiki, but we couldn't key all the time because you thought I was lying about having rehearsals till like 12 every time, like every day. Until one day I had you actually pick me up from like from rehearsal and you were like, oh shit, like this actually is real. And I'm like, yes, when like I'm not like 
bailing. Like I really, cause I would, I, cause there would be times like a lot that I would bail, and you would, and you would know, and you know, cause you're twins, so you'd be like, like I know you like, just like, just say you're tired, like period. But most of the time, like I didn't believe they have rehearsals, and the times I was telling the truth, like you would think I'd be lying, but then the gag was I didn't be telling the truth, and then one time you picked me up for rehearsals, you actually caught the tea that they were really drugging us and having us do slave work for hours <laughs> and do stage and do all this shit for 80-some people to see and then go back and give me, like, a two or, a, you know, out of three when they could have gave me a three because I was fully booked, but I'm not going to get into them. But was in the dance program for two years, um, met my favorite teacher, um, jazz teacher, Tommy Galaska, baddie. Yeah, was there for two years. Realized that it wasn't going to push me, drive me, or excel me forward. Um, and got the fuck out of there. Got the fuck out of there down boots. And when you got out of there, where did you go? I went to LA. <laughs> and that's when the bitch started going viral. See? Okay. Um, went to LA. Actually, let me dig into that first because I want to dig into that because I need everybody to know what happened to me when I first got to L.A. before the dance shit happened. Like, I know we talk about me and everything, about my life and dance shit, but to get into it, y'all, when I first went to L.A., I was gooped, belittled, and scammed. I went to an Airbnb that was not an Airbnb. It was a crack house. So I buy this Airbnb for $500, right? I told you about this. And I get to L.A. around, like, 12, 11. Everybody knows, except for me at the time, that three that L.A. and North Carolina are, like, three hours from each other. So, basically, L.A. is three hours behind. So, the gag is, while it was 12, 11 for me, it was given 3 or 4 a.m. for y'all. So, I was there, and I showed up to the mansion that was supposed to be having a room in it that I was going to stay in. We went to a different house around the block. And it was still a pretty house. So I was like, okay, I'm still going to, you know, I'm cool. Then he proceeds, the man proceeds, a black man at that, how dare he, my brother, <laughs> proceeds to lead me in the back of the house, the beautiful house, through the back door where he did not unlock anything. He just twisted a knob. At that point, I knew shit was up. Walk, we walk in. The kitchen's a fucking mess. There's a living room with a desk in front of the door. And then there's bunk beds all in the living room. <laughs> he leaves. I immediately break down. Crackhead walks up to me and was like, baby, what's wrong? And I'm like, I, like, I'm scared. Like, I'm scared of y'all. Like, I just told the truth. I was like, I'm scared of y'all. And she was like, no, like, we're recovering addicts, baby. Like, like, I don't, like, you got scammed. Like, she told me straight up. She was like, you got scammed. She was like, this happens all the time when we're somebody young comes here and they see that we're not giving what they thought we were supposed to be giving. But we basically, like, do services, like, around the properties and we get to stay here for free. And I was like, what services are y'all doing? Because it's dirty. <laughs> Like, like, what do you mean? So I'm calling my mom, calling everybody. Of course, not knowing that everybody's fucking asleep. And I'm basically shaking back and forth, like, from, like, 12 all the way to, like, 6 a.m. <laughs> and I call my mom again, and I go up front, and I try to get a refund. 
my grandma pulls through as she always do sends me like three hundred dollars and gets me out of there and i finally make it to an actual legit airbnb when i finally do that that's when i hook up with alex um as in link because it's a female so not hook up as in smash because y'all know better penis only but um i hook up with her um and her husband um because they had an apartment there because he was doing work in la and they you know take me around of their area it's beautiful that they live in like a bougie area and then um she was like you know i'm going to do this like film thing with these other dancers like do you want to come and i was like Sure, like, I ain't doing nothing. Like, let's go. <clears throat> so we drive, like, three hours out of California into a desert in California. But it was like, you got to drive, like, three hours out. We end up, they end up doing their shoot. And I'm like, I want to dance. And they're like, what do you want to dance to? And I'm like, there's this Tajik song that is going off right now. And it's called Nails, Hair, Hips, Heels. And I want to do a dance to it. So I do. And it's an improv freestyle in heels. Go home, post it a couple days later. Don't think about it. Don't think nothing of it. Check my DMs. Everybody's like, bitch, hello. Like, it's going viral. Like, like get on your Instagram. Like, OMG, like, Todrick posted you. Todrick posted you. Ariana, like, reposted you. Taylor Swift reposted you. Like, oh, my God, you're on their stories. Like, what the fuck? Like, oh, my God. This is all from all the ECU dancers. Because they were thirsty. Some of them were thirsty. No shade to y'all. Some of y'all were. And um, I go up there, and I'm going viral. Literally, Taylor Swift has reposted me on her, like, Instagram story. Tajik has me on his actual Instagram. My post has over, like, 50,000 views on it. I'm shook. So that goes viral. So I'm like, oh, shit, I need to hop on this while the Instagram feed is eating. I need to go to a Cisco class. And he's a really famous heels dancer. And choreographer and creative director and editor and everything just a wonder woman honestly go to his heels class eat it for lunch go viral again <laughs> and then go to t millie a famous dance studio go viral again and then it's just like yeah like at that point it was time for me to audition for stuff so i started auditioning for agencies I auditioned for one, made it to the final round, and they told me that I was too feminine. And I'm not going to shade them publicly because I don't know who's, you know, everything, you know, has its timing and maybe that's just what it was. But they were real and they told me, you know, he's, you know, you're just too feminine and we don't want to use you. So I didn't make the cut, but I made it all the way through a three hour motherfucking audition where there was only like five of us left. So I was like, you could have told me this three hours 200, ago, 200 people ago, but okay, cool. Um, after that, I was like, okay, I need to move somewhere that drives me. And I was like, I want to go to Atlanta. So I moved to Atlanta. Um, I stayed there for like four months and then the pandemic happened. And I turned into a different person. Like, I became mentally just low. Because when I first got to Atlanta, I was eating it up. Like, I was going, eating up, you know, eating up videos. Then my first ever concept video by McKenzie. Thank you, boo, for putting me in my first ever concept video. Um, it was going great. And then COVID happened. And Everything I realized just that shut down. my life was only surrounded by dance. 
like I realized that I was only in Atlanta for dance. Like when COVID happened, that made me honestly have a wake up call to realize that my whole life was just surrounded by dance, which is beautiful. But it's like that's all it was. You like, had no friends. Busy. You had no family. You had no physical in person support. Yeah. You didn't know anyone. You're in this city alone. I had a mental break. Mental break. And all of that, like all of my childhood trauma and rape stuff came out of nowhere and it started like affecting me. And to be real, that rarely affects me. But when it does, it does. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I can be a real bitch and say it does, you know? And I'm that's why I say like we're survivors because like yes, we made it out, but of course it's gonna be those moments where it comes back. But that moment I wasn't even in the space where I was thinking about that kind of stuff. I was just alone. And my, all I had time to do was think about life. And of course, I thought about everything I've been through. And I was like, oh my God, like, I'm so sad. But then I was, I had to think about it. Like, wait, Ty, like, you're here now. Like, you're in Atlanta, like, dancing, like, trying to achieve your dreams. Like, you're not that same Tyrell those years ago. Like, you're a black belt in Taekwondo. Niggas can't try that shit no more. Like, you're good. Breathe. And I had to really, like, call you, Christine, you know, my family, Kenneth, Kennedy, you know, daughter, Rachel, Madison. Like, I had to call the people that were close to me and just talk about my life and how it was, like, really destroying me, you know, because I was just, like, stuck. And then that's when I came back to Greenville and low-key moved in with you. And that's that's when you moved. When I came back is when you moved. And then we went to Chapel Hill. And that's where (laughs) you opened me up to a lot of stuff. That's where I became a verse. Life changed. Yeah, like Chapel Hill. Yeah, that was a segment. Because Chapel Hill, that's when I became a verse. I went from a bottom to a verse. Started liking Fem Dudes. Started topping. Chapel Hill is where we also started, you know, filming more concept dance videos all through that summer. And you kind of found yourself I, again. You found, you know, my love, love for, for yourself, my love your for love for dance, your passion, and social. Yep. And you ended up going back to Greenville eventually yes. after I held you captive. <laughs> Yes, for several, several months in and out. I would definitely say about like three or four months in and out, back and forth. Until you and finally settled I, on. Yeah, I kiki with Kenneth and the fam for a minute. And then I <laughs> made an impulsive move and moved to New York. And, and here I've been you happy. are. <laughs> and now I'm doing a Candace Brown intensive next week. I am working, teaching dance at private and public schools, and I am pursuing my dance career and paying rent and getting high and being beautiful in the big city <laughs> with my blade. And in the big city with your I'm blade, at. and that's your story, and that's how you that's got to where course. you are. And that's where I am. I love to hear it. It's funny because... I know this whole story and I've heard it all before, but it's so interesting hearing it again. And there's always certain points that 
we don't mention or we don't know about. And it's interesting hearing those like jump out at me when I'm like, oh, I forgot about that. Or, oh, I didn't remember that. And so it's really refreshing. I'm so glad that you got to share it. Yeah. I love every moment of it. And, so and I hope it was a good experience for you to talk about it and to let it all out and to share your story. Because I'm a bad bitch. Like, I'm, I've always been that bitch. And it's just dance has always been a thing that's been in the middle. Like, cheer, it was dance. Like, step team, it was dance. Like, dance class, it was dance. Like, dance. And I always was that bitch in high school because everybody knew that I was that one that took it serious because everybody knew that I was that one that was going to make I did it. My solo. Exactly. And when I did my solo, 80 bitches, you can see 80 bitches next from around the um, back drape looking at me from downstage. You're just that bitch. I'm just that bitch. And now I'm here and now I'm about to be with those other that bitches in a Candace Brown intensive fighting for my life. Two hours fighting for your life. But yeah, that's me, y'all. Leah. This is not all we have. We've got part two coming up where Twin interviews me and I share my story. So tune into that. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you guys for part two.